You are about to listen to Defending Black Girlhood Podcast, and I'm your host, Lelada G. I'm a black mother. Look, I don't care what Mookie May May and Lakeisha oh, Mama does. I'm not Mookie May May and Lakeisha uh, Mama. Tripping. A preacher. Give me the key of D. And Mary had a little baby, and his name was Jesus. A life coach. Look, girl, if Chump don't want no help, Chump don't get no help. Oh, and a singer. And I, and I, and I, no, I ain't a singer. Most of all, I'm an advocate for black girls everywhere they are. And I'm telling you right now, I am unapologetic as hell about my fierce advocacy for black girls to be safe in their homes, schools, and communities. Join us for courageous conversations about topics that most impact our girls and be inspired to do your part in defending black girls in your part of the world. Some information may contain graphic, violent, or explicit language. Listener's discretion is advised. When you talk so bad about yourself for years, for at this point, decades, mm-hmm. it's incredibly hard to even hear a truth behind your gifted. It's hard getting beyond the truth of your black girlhood. Yeah. And the messages that you were given, intentionally, unintentionally, verbally, non-verbally, mm-hmm. that if you don't get what you need as a child, you seek it, but then you don't believe you deserve it. You didn't really see a lot of black girls mm-hmm. in musicals. Right. You know what I mean? In the schools that I went to, you were a nerd if you liked right. stuff like that. So I wanted to be liked. I didn't mm-hmm. want to be bullied anymore. You know, those so those things led me to hiding that part of me and I think now that I've found some type of voice yeah (laughs) that I'm embracing that that part of me and like the good parts of my little Cassie and it's interesting because I think sometimes you're telling me even at a young age that adults not just friends but adults were pouring their problems in on you that sometimes our gifts can be perverted that people could have seen in you a source of healing, a source of understanding. But when we don't use a gift or even a person in the right way, it becomes abusive. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Defending Black Girlhood. And I'm excited to be having a conversation with Cassandra Marzak. Hey. How you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing I'm doing good. <laughs> All right. So um Tell me, what is one word that you would use to describe your Black girlhood? I would say silenced. Mm. Yeah. Okay, tell me more about that. I think the majority of the time I was, I don't know, I don't, I don't want to say class clown because I wasn't a class clown at school, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I was the type of child to, I was really into like performance and stuff and, and things like that, but I never talked about how I felt. I didn't think that I had the space for it. A lot of times my family would come to me with their stuff or my friends would come to me with their stuff, even at a young age. And I never felt like I should talk about me because I was always taking in other people's stuff. (laughs) And I would be so quiet at school. I mean, I would be just 
the shyest person mm -hmm. to the point where kids would be like, do you even talk? Wow. <laughs> like, like, yeah, I'm not mute. <laughs> I'm, I was super observant because of that, because I took in people's stuff. So I watched them. I watched people. I watched their, felt their energies. I watched just their reactions to me. So I think it's interesting because I think when people see folks who are quiet, mm -hmm. that there's an assumption just because they're not speaking a lot, that there's not a whirlwind of thoughts going on on the inside. Right. Yeah. And that's would, false. <laughs> yeah. So would you say like you were quiet, mm -hmm. but even like a quiet storm because there was just a tornado of thoughts going on. All day, all the time. Mm -hmm. You had a lot of stuff going on. And it's interesting because I think sometimes you're telling me even at a young age that adults, not just friends, but adults were pouring their problems in on you. All the time. That sometimes our gifts can be perverted, that people could have seen in you a source of healing, a source of understanding. But when we don't use a gift or even a person in the right way, it becomes abusive. Yeah. The thing is, I love my parents to death. I love my family. But I, I, I know and I've had to come to terms with the fact that there's a kind of manipulation in it, mm -hmm. especially when you have parents who don't really love themselves to the point where they pour all that stuff out on you. My mom would tell me things that no <laughs> little kid should know mm -hmm. about, you know, the relationship status, I guess, uh, between her and my, my dad. And I would just take it in and I felt like I had to pretend to still not, I don't want to say judge my father, mm -hmm. or but I had to still be neutral. Right. Even though I, like this Superman image of my dad kind of was shattered. Sure. Uh, and at the same time, my mom was shattering her own image of what I had for her. And I felt like I had to remain neutral in that. So yeah, I just, I just listened a lot. <laughs> and that's a hard tightrope because I understand exactly what you're saying because she wasn't talking about Stevie down the street. Right. She's talking about your daddy. Right. <laughs> and to have to feel like you didn't want to betray her mm -hmm. or him. Right. Yeah. Or the image of him. Yeah. That sounds like a lot. Now, how old are you talking about? I mean, I, it, it started when I was, I remember things at seven, eight. Wow. Up until, you know, teenage years. And then I, I just became distant from my family altogether. But um, yeah, that would make you kind of yeah. shut it down. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, so I want to just to any parents who are listening right now and you have a child that you are over sharing with. I want you to consider the deep implications of that, because I had a friend once who I felt overshared with her son mm -hmm. about her relationship things and just adult things. Right. And it's such an unfair place to put kids. And I think a lot of times single moms can do that, particularly with sons. Mm -hmm. You know, they kind of this pseudo husband, boyfriend fill in. Right. You know, right. and it's not healthy. Right. It's just not healthy. And you said like enough. Let me just pull away <laughs> from this whole situation here. Yeah. So we've been talking about kind of where you are on your journey right now mm -hmm. and where you want to do. And one thing that I told you is that you're one of the most talented people that I know. Yeah, I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. And you keep looking away every time I say that. I'll be it's like, look me in my eyes. <laughs> it's hard to take that. It, I mean, I, I received that. It's just hard for that to come all the way to reception. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I but I, I received that and I appreciate that for sure. But talent is not enough. 
Yeah. Right? When yeah. you're struggling mm-hmm. for whatever reason, it's hard to get to that thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's um the crazy thing is intellectually, I know some of the steps I need to take, some of the steps I should take. And there's just a block, like this great wall. Yeah. <laughs> and I can see kind of some of the what we were talking about earlier, some of the fruit from, you know, yeah. some things that can come from that. But it's just extremely hard to even like for a long time, I didn't call myself an artist. I didn't call myself a writer. I didn't think I deserved that. What did you call yourself? <laughs> I mean, nothing happy. <laughs> I'm not really impressed with myself. It takes a lot for me to get there. There's not a lot of things that I do for myself that I feel like, oh, I killed that. Or like, you know, I just, mm-hmm. there's always this really heavy critique of anything that I do. And it could be extremely small. And it took me a long time to even get to the point of even saying I'm a writer, I'm a performer, I'm a mm-hmm. et cetera, with that I am in front. Yeah. Because a lot of times it's like I aspire to be or I'm working on being, but I need to speak that into existence now. Right. <laughs> and it's just really hard to even call myself those things right because you know i think when we are in our state of woundedness we do a lot of trash talking to ourselves oh my gosh (laughs) a lot of trash talking yeah for sure how do you feel like the things that you've said that are opposite to who you really are have impeded your ability to get beyond that wall you say is there i mean it's to the point where i can't even accept that you call me gifted Mm -hmm. you know i i don't even it's like, I hear it, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but if I get a compliment about even being pretty or beautiful or something like that, it's just, I'm like, what are y'all looking at? Right. You know, so it's really hard to receive those things mm-hmm. because it's like I've convinced myself so much <laughs> that my truth, my thoughts, my version of reality is the absolute truth and everybody else is living in some fantasy <laughs> world that... When you negative self-talk constantly all day, it started young. I mean, when you are silenced, you're Mm -hmm. in your head a lot. Mm -hmm. I definitely wasn't intentionally silenced, but I felt like my voice couldn't matter if people came to me with stuff and didn't want to listen to me. Right. You know, it's not like they they said, so how are you doing today? Like, let's go back and forth with this. It was, let me vent to you. Right. Without let me vomit on you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Without <laughs> let me you know, shit on you. <laughs> reciprocation of what I had going on or what I had to say, and it's mm-hmm. still like that to this day. I mean, I'll be talking to you know a friend, and they don't ask me anything about what's going on in my life, mm-hmm. and I don't know that. And maybe that's just my perception of what's happening at this right. point. But yeah, when you talk so bad about yourself for years, for at this point decades, mm-hmm. it's incredibly hard to even hear a truth behind you're gifted. Yeah. So I think part of what we're talking about today is moving through your own shit. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's important to notate that it doesn't matter how gifted or talented you are. If you believe otherwise, Mm -hmm. you just create a mess Mm -hmm. for yourself to kind of sort through. Right. Right now in your journey, you're trying to figure out what are your next steps of excellence? What are your next steps of putting things out in the world? What is getting in the way of you moving through your shit to get to Mm -hmm. do your shit? (laughs) right (laughs) should i change my shoes or what right right (laughs) yeah absolutely and those steps it's harder when you're trying to take a natural route for your Mm -hmm. mental health because past i've 
taken pills and I've used those pills to try to commit suicide or to no longer live. It's like, I don't want to use the medications anymore. So what can I do naturally to help? And when you have manic depression, so it's not so much the bipolar that has all the mania, mm-hmm. <laughs> but when you are more depressed and then you have really small bouts of mania, trying to figure out how to navigate a natural form of, I guess, medication to get through the day it took some time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it took a lot of time. And I felt like I've lost time. But at the same time, I'm like comparing myself to other things. I'm comparing myself to other people to the point where I'm like drowning in what I think other people's perception of me is. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure it's not even like that for other people. But right. I feel like I have to meet this agenda. And like you said, walking through my own shit to get, <laughs> right. to, get to this excellence because I'm comparing myself now. Uh, because I feel like I'm 27. I feel like I've lost time with the BS from before. Right. <laughs> and now I'm in a space where I'm trying to to figure out what even my definition of excellence is. I think what's important is that comparison. Mm-hmm. When we begin to compare ourselves with where other people are and where we think we should be, right. it becomes an issue. And so I was having a text conversation earlier mm-hmm. this week with some family members. And one family member was saying, how do you help people see the truth and know this and know that? And the other one was saying, look, you got to focus in on yourself. And she wrote this thing that I got to share with you. I thought it was so on point. So her response to the other relative was, is your home clean? Do you have an automobile? Did you exercise and meditate today? Are your bills all caught up, clothes clean, folded and put away? Do you have all the required education and skills necessary to hold a sufficient career, sufficient furniture, hobbies that lift your spirit. These are just a few things that I think we have to think about for ourselves. Then we realize we don't really have time to worry about others. Mm. Amen. (laughs) (laughs) That make you check your life out. Right. You know, I was was like, bravo. That was so poignant. Yeah, absolutely. And then you realize if you're missing a couple of these things on this list, that's what you need to be taken care of and not worrying about what other people are doing, what other people are thinking. But, you know, when you bring it to the mix, mental health mm-hmm. and how that impacts us, and I think it's kind of like if we don't consider how mental health impacts our lives, mm-hmm. it's like seeing someone who doesn't have legs or wheelchair and expecting them to run against an Olympic star. Right. And win. Right. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And it's because it's like that invisible disease that people just really think is not real. Right. You know, still, it's such a hard thing to talk about sometimes because people are just like, yeah, we'll just get over it. or you Right. Know, get, and yeah, there's an element of that. You think we don't want to get over it? Uh-huh. You know, like <laughs> we don't we don't want to get through it or we don't want to not have this constant like negative thing in our mind on a loop. Or we don't want to get out of bed. Or, you know, like, mm-hmm. of course we want to do all of that. Sometimes. <laughs> um, sometimes not. Or, you know, sometimes I like chilling in bed. But like, <laughs> watching a little Disney Plus now. Oh, <laughs> my God. <laughs> um, but it takes a lot of strength and a lot of energy that people don't realize mm-hmm. to get out of that. Especially when I have always had an incredible support system. I just never believed it. Mm. And I never 
I never received it. I never accepted it to be true. And that's been my biggest self-sabotage, I think, is that I just don't trust that people, that I deserve to be cared enough to the point that, I mean, I've had an incredible support system, Mm -hmm. always. I've always Mm -hmm. had, you know, you, I've I've had other women, other mothers who, when my mom has been going through her own depression or whatever she wants to call it, I've had women step in for me, especially Mm -hmm. black women, families step in for me. And I just, I was sabotaged those things because I just couldn't believe that, that I would deserve those things. Right. It's hard getting beyond the truth of your black girlhood. Yeah. And the messages that you were given intentionally, unintentionally, verbally, Mm non-verbally, that if you don't get what you need as a child, you seek it, but then you don't believe you deserve it. Right. Yeah. It's just weird paradox of knowing I want it. Yeah. And God always providing it right. <laughs> every single time. But then then being like, I don't know if I was, I'm just kidding, God. Like, I feel like this is too much love for me because I don't know how to even receive all this love and all the support. So you can go ahead and take that away again. Right. <laughs> you know? And yeah, it's it's a complicated, weird paradox that I'm still navigating through. But I know it's necessary to have. I know that we're not put on this planet to be by ourselves. Right. We need community. Uh, We especially need, as a mixed biracial girl who's black and white, I I like connect more with black people. Mm -hmm. And I know that my mom being white, I know that she does what she can. Mm -hmm. But because I'm viewed as a black woman, I need those black women in my life too mm-hmm. in addition to what she can provide right and it's been hard to accept that i deserve those things right which is a very interesting like you were saying it's it's interesting to, to want it and mm-hmm. to get it mm-hmm. but not accept and receive it and when you say it out loud sometimes you think this don't make no damn <laughs> sense. You know, when you say it out loud. It don't make no damn sense. <laughs> None at all. None at all. So I shared earlier today, it's one thing to know what is right. Mm-hmm. It's another thing to have the strength and courage to do it. Because sometimes we do know our thinking is messed up. Mm-hmm. But to be able to move beyond that, mm-hmm. you know, that's when we really need the transformative power of God. Mm-hmm. To shift our minds. Right. Because you have to break agreement. You have to break agreement with old thoughts and beliefs mm-hmm. and create the space for new thoughts and beliefs, true thoughts and beliefs. Right. In order to build the next foundation for yourself. And so you're in a process now of you have a multi-layer story. And I know we'll talk other times just about some of the other parts of your journey. But right now you're in a journey of wanting to move forward. Mm-hmm. And so what's getting in the way right now of moving forward? At this point, I feel like I've been down longer at this span of my time. I mean, I've had my ups and downs for sure. I've had my lows. I have my, I'd have my low lows, mm-hmm. um, but I feel like I've been complacent and down mm-hmm. for an extended period longer than ever. Mm-hmm. And it's really hard to get back to things because now now that I'm taking the things that I need to take in order to be there mentally to be more productive to have more energy to do stuff 
I feel like I need to do everything at once. <laughs> and so I overwhelm myself with thoughts of, I can't believe I haven't done that yet. Or I can't believe it's taking me so long to do this. Or I can't believe this. I can't believe, you know, so mm -hmm. it's, it's the negative self-talk on the loop and me blocking my own path <laughs> because I'm trying to fill it with multiple things that don't even belong in that path, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? So I'm trying to put <laughs> One of my favorite quotes from the movie Mean Girls, I'm trying to make fetch happen. <laughs> fetch? I'm trying to make, yeah, I'm trying to... <laughs> What's fetch? It was this word this girl in the movie was trying oh. to get to be popular and it just wasn't oh, going. So okay. Trying to make something happen that, <laughs> yeah. ain't, that ain't going to happen. It's unnecessary, unnecessary stuff that I'm trying to put in my in my own way. Mm -hmm. That's one of the biggest things. I know what's helped me, though, is my reconnection with my spirituality, mm -hmm. because when I went into my extended low period, <laughs> a lot of things left. That includes my connection with people, my connection with God, and definitely my connection with myself. Mm -hmm. And so that trifecta really kind of pushed that low yeah. to complacency, yeah, which I'm breaking out of, I feel like, at okay. this point. So now what are some of the things you're considering that you want to do? See, that's, <laughs> that's hard to narrow down. Um, no, no, not narrow it down. Just give me the list. Oh, man. Okay, so one thing that I know I've always wanted to do, especially when I was a kid, I used to write plays. I used to try to get my siblings to perform in these like little Christmas stuff that we never <laughs> made happen. But I know I want to direct. Okay. I want to be a, a director. I know that I want to write stories and produce these stories in film and theater. <laughs> I'm about to write this. Yeah. You want to um, direct? Yeah. You want to write? Mm -hmm. I would love to act, but I realize that I really love the performance part is a plus, but I love the the production of it. I love the being able to help someone bring out their own story on stage mm -hmm. or I definitely want to make like short films. I have a lot of those things in mind. I want to teach, but I don't want it to be in a traditional school setting. Okay. And I think that's where the director part comes in. Mm -hmm. I want to publish some novels. <laughs> I want to learn guitar and piano and things like that. Okay. <laughs> so I can produce music because I love music. It's such a healing center for me. I mean, I'd pretend that I want to make a rap album, but, <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. but I don't know if I need to go there. But I would love to make music. I want to be in a musical. Okay. <laughs> that's, that's been one of my dreams since forever. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of stuff. A lot of it now what that I'm saying... What about the visual arts, though? You know, and I talked about this with you before. I love to draw, I love to paint. I love to do all that. But I realized that... I think I'm so drawn away from it now mm -hmm. because I did it so much for other people, mm. for other people to see me. Mm -hmm. Because when I wasn't talking, that's how people saw me. Mm. That's how, in my, my okay. perception. So now I feel like it got to the point where I can't even, I don't even know what my own art is, wow. visual art. Because I don't think I've ever drawn anything for myself. Not really. I mean, I've drawn sketches. But as far as creating a whole canvas or like an idea from my head to paper, I don't even know what that looks like mm -hmm. visual art wise. I've always done stuff for people, for businesses, for schools. I've taught art classes and things, but I don't even know what visual art looks like for me. Mm. I really enjoy the hands-on scenic design stuff. Yeah. But even that is for something else, mm -hmm. right? So yeah, I don't even know what it looks like. Wow. <laughs> Which is interesting because- right. The reason I came to Madison 
was because I, I got a scholarship for UW-Madison through the People Program. And I had a an art major. And I failed all my classes. Mm. <laughs> I failed all of my drawing classes. I just didn't feel motivated to do it anymore. I did this so much for people to see who I was and mm-hmm. to feel loved, I think. And now I'm just like... <laughs> Bump that. Yeah, really. <laughs> really. I would I would like to get to it again. And I don't know if I'll circle back to it at some point. But... Yeah, I mean, I really... It's so interesting. Yeah. I mean, it's been perverted. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I, I've talked to you about this too before. I I had to give myself permission to not have that expectation of me mm-hmm. to do visual arts because I tried to force it at some points in my life mm-hmm. and it just never turned out <laughs> okay. in the ways that I think it could have. But I can't even visualize what that looks like. That's so interesting. Me. Okay, so on this list, you want to direct... <laughs> You want to write, you want to act, you want to write plays, you want to write novels, short films, you want to teach, you want to play the guitar, you want to play the piano, you want to produce music, you want to rap, and you want to be in a musical. Mm -hmm. You know, you sound like that woman in Coming to America. (laughs) I want to write and I want to, I want to star my films and I want to direct the films and I want to. (laughs) But many of these things would be fresh and new for you. Mm -hmm. That hasn't been perverted like your visual art. And you're an incredible visual artist. Thank you. But these things have opportunity to have newness that other people haven't perverted for you. Yeah. For some reason, it makes me think of Maya Angelou and how she was mute for a period of her life. But she read and read and read and read and read all these books. And then finally she started talking. (laughs) And lo and behold, she's like this poet. Yeah. incredible writer obviously she's a legend and it makes me think of that because I think I held a lot of this performance stuff I'm a low-key theater freak I mean Mm -hmm. I love musicals Mm -hmm. and it's interesting because my playlist will have it'll go from like Tupac to like a a song from Wicked and I'll just jam like I won't even skip it or not I hate musicals I I know you do right with a passion (laughs) but I, I mean I absolutely love it so I hid that part of me for a long time. Mm-hmm. You didn't really see a lot of black girls mm-hmm. in musicals. Right. You know what I mean? In the schools that I went to, you were a nerd if you liked right. stuff like that. So I wanted to be liked. I didn't mm-hmm. want to be bullied anymore. You know, those so those things led me to hiding that part of me. And I think now that I've found some type of voice, yeah. <laughs> that I'm embracing that that part of me and like the good parts of my little Cassie. Yeah. That, I, that I, I'm giving her like a hug and like finally letting her voice out in that way. I so I think it. that's why I'm moving more towards that performance stuff, the production stuff, because those are things that I've always wanted to do, but I hid because I didn't, you know, for one, I'm like, well, who gonna want to listen to me? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, for two, writing was such a personal thing for me. Yeah. That, I mean, I, I didn't want to expose that part because people already like the visual arts part. Mm-hmm. So I didn't want to, you know, what if they didn't like that part of me? So there were, were reasons why I kept those things silent, but. I think embracing them now, I think that's why I'm so motivated to do those. Yeah. To do those things. So it's interesting because I I love what you said. You're embracing the little Cassie inside of you. And part of that is our healing journey as Black women to go back and embrace that little Black girl that didn't get the love and care Mm -hmm. that she needed or how she needed it. Yeah. It was not necessarily that people did not love us, but they didn't love us the way we needed to be loved. Right. 
And right. it's okay to say that. And it's okay to long for the love in the way that you need the love to be. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think it's important to note that as parents, you know, I know people will say, I love my kids the same. I, da, da. I don't. <laughs> I don't. Because my kids are two entirely different individuals. They are. <laughs> and what they each needed from me, and even still as adults need from me as their mother, right. are two entirely different things. And so I try to love them in the way that I feel that they need love, in the ways that I see that they need to grow, and in the ways that they express to me what they need. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So there is one thing that I will clearly do for Alexandra that I will not do for Christian because of where I feel he needs to grow. Right. And then there are things that I would right. do for Christian that Alexandra get it too, but you know, she may not get it with the same intensity right? because I know she doesn't need it in that way. Mm-hmm. And so I think being able to tune into your kids and see how they're ticking. Absolutely. It's funny that you say that because I have six siblings and we're all very different. Mm-hmm. And I think that what happened was <laughs> my parents did try to love us all the same, mm-hmm. but it just can't work that way. Right. You know, it absolutely can't. Cause I'm very much a word person in learning about love languages and stuff. I love words. So sometimes I wish that my parents told me that I was beautiful or that mm-hmm. I was they often told me they were proud of me, but it was a lot of times for academics. And I think that's why I try so hard with my visual arts, because I'm like, well, I want you to see this too. Right. A lot of times I wish they did say, you're doing awesome as a basketball player. You're this and that. And I think I would have pursued those things more because I love mm-hmm. basketball. But I kind of dropped out of the things that, dang, I just had that's <laughs> That's crazy. I mean, I, I just realized that I dropped out of the things that I didn't get that reinforcement from. And dang. I did more of that. So. You know, the academics, I started failing my classes Wow! because I I heard it all the time. Yeah. The visual arts, I started failing those classes because I heard it all the time. Mm-hmm. And I resented those things at that point. Wow. I love to learn. I just didn't like that. That was the only thing they saw. Yeah. That's crazy. Wow. <laughs> we just had some revelations. OK, we need a bell in here. <laughs> right. Ding, 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 right. ding, ding. Right. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. So. I think my siblings also could attest to that, mm-hmm. that there were some ways that we were loved a lot for, but there were other things that I think individually, we didn't feel like that our gifts were seen and yeah. like as individuals. Yeah. Because like I said, they're all different, but I think we all were grouped into the same thing. Okay. And a lot of it was academic. Okay. And, and some of them were learned slower than others. Mm-hmm. They're all really, my students are all really smart, but just didn't have, I didn't really need to study mm-hmm. <laughs> where they would have. And mm-hmm. they, and I think they felt because there was such a focus on just academics. Right. That they felt like they were lagging mm-hmm. behind, you know, others and stuff. So. Yeah. I was just having a conversation with another mother recently and was just sharing my thoughts about academics is that I think we have to be careful the things that we communicate to kids because Mm -hmm. then we give the power of the pen, the power of the teacher and the grade that she writes on a paper or a test to equal worth. Right. Absolutely. You know, and I never wanted my kids to feel like their academic performance 
was equal to their worth Mm -hmm. in this world. Probably should have worked a little harder on that with some of them. Um, You know, I probably could have winged the pendulum back a little bit. (laughs) In the end, you know, when I look at them now as adults, they have a true sense of self Mm -hmm. that's not built on any letters behind their name, any accolades, Mm -hmm. but how they're kind of making their way in the world. Well, we're going to continue this conversation and just kind of follow your journey a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. And see what this gets whittled down with. So you all stay <laughs> tuned to hear more about Cassandra Marzette, the director, the writer, writer of plays, writer of novels, the actor, the short film maker, director, the teacher, the guitar player, the pianist, the producer of music, the rapper. That's what I want. I want to hear a rap <laughs> and the <Yeah>. musical <laughs> star and see kind of like where this goes. And hopefully as you're listening in, to her journey of kind of focusing on the next step. Because then you feel better. Mm -hmm. You know, you've gone to therapy or you're taking medicine or you've done whatever. You've taken a colon cleanse (laughs) and you feel better. (laughs) And then you're trying to play catch up. And life isn't about catching up. It's about being in the here and the now and about being in purpose and moving forward in purpose and love and fruitfulness. Mm -hmm. So we'll revisit this and kind of see what's kind of whittled away, what's kind of dived into, and hopefully our listeners can come along in their own sense of giftedness. So thank you for listening today. We appreciate it. And we love any thoughts back from you on what you picked up from this conversation. Be sure to share that with us. And we will be back again. Thank you again for tuning in to Defending Black Girlhood. That was a good conversation. And look, we mean this thing. We are not playing. We are committed to defending black girls. And look, we want you to get involved. Please visit Lalata.org to explore the work that we are doing to defend black girls to be safe wherever they are. And look, while you're there, please sign up for our mailing list so that you will not miss one single fearless conversation.